Hey y'all, hey. You're listening to the Punchline Podcast, a show about misguided entrepreneurship. That's right, you heard me, misguided entrepreneurship, because this show is for every entrepreneur who went in the wrong direction at first, but through trial and error, and sometimes a swift kick in the behind, they managed to turn around to get back on track and build a profitable business. This series was created for every entrepreneur who dreams of building something amazing and set out to do just that, only to discover that the task of building was way more daunting than the dream itself. And that million-dollar concept that started as a great idea had a lot of holes in the plan. But you didn't give up. You stuck it out, and eventually, your hard work and dedication paid off. I'm Panchetta Sasha Wu, and I'm your host. I was that misguided entrepreneur that I just described. In 2012, I started my first business, Punch Cosmetics. I just knew that I was about to make a million dollars in the cosmetics business after making a thousand dollars in two hours at my lunch party. Ooh, child, was I wrong. Over the next few years, I would struggle to even make a hundred dollars, much less a thousand. That was because in the beginning, all I thought about was the money, and I never thought about what it took to make the money. It wasn't until I went all the way broke and learned some very hard life lessons that I was able to build a profitable business. On this podcast, I'm going to share all of the hard lessons that I learned while building this brand so that you can apply these lessons to your own life and prevent some of the early mistakes that I made. And occasionally, I'll throw in some witty punchlines for entertainment purposes. So if this sounds like a show that you might be interested in, then go ahead and subscribe for me right now. Then grab yourself a glass of wine or beer and listen to the punchline. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome back to the Punchline Podcast, a show about misguided entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Panchetta Sasha Wu. And today is a continuation of episode number one, part two. In the previous episode, I told you my story about my name, where it came from, where I grew up. And I gave you all of the backstory about me, how I started and became an entrepreneur. And I gave you all of the backstory about my life, basically. And where we stopped, I believe, was when I started to tell you and explain to you um, after I started my business from a school project, after I had gone back to school, I started um a foundation and i hosted my first ever event marketing event called the faces of beauty extravaganza and there was some drama with that event so i'm going to start from that point and i'm going to tell you a little bit about that story because i think it's important for some people to understand what really happened with that situation so um i'm going to start from there today telling you about that situation and then i'm going to finish off that first episode with those details so here goes a year after i had started my business um I was asked to do a make I was asked to do some makeup for a woman at a shelter. So this is how this all came about. Now, in the beginning, when I started my makeup business, 
because I sold makeup and I did my own makeup very well, some women thought that I did makeup, but I really didn't. Now, at first, I tried to do makeup, but um, I wasn't really good at it. So, when I tried but I, and I wasn't good at it, other folks, um, I wasn't good at doing other folks' makeup. That's what it was. So, I stopped because it didn't really feel natural to me. I didn't want to build a reputation as a makeup artist that wasn't any good. So, let me just tell anyone with a cosmetics brand, if you don't do makeup or you only do your makeup well, that's okay. Don't brand yourself as a makeup artist and you're not. Doing a bad job is as bad as giving away bad product. It's not good for your brand. So also, you need to be very, very clear and intentional about what you're selling. And I can't stress that enough because in the beginning, I wasn't. And that was one of my very first mistakes. So to be clear, I sell cosmetics. And in particular, lipstick, lip gloss, and skincare. I have Punch Cosmetics and I have Punch for Men. That is the cause, that's the product that I sell. And pretty much nothing else. Now, I may do a range of things to promote and market that. However, I want to be very clear about what my product is. I sell cosmetics and skincare. So, just to be clear. So, I went to the shelter after that to do the makeup of a woman who had been severely beaten by her old man. However, she still had to go to work to provide for her children. I was responsible for putting the makeup on to cover her severely beaten face. And y'all, it was bad. The whole side of her face was black, blue, and purple. I had never seen anything like it. And she was a fair-skinned black woman so this was very, very challenging for me. I couldn't let that woman go to work looking like that. And I had to try to keep a straight face while I was doing her makeup. While I was looking at her, I really just wanted to cry. But by God's grace, I did her face and successfully at that. I covered up, I covered up her scars and the purple. I mean, the purple was just so purple on her face. And she actually looked decent. And, and was able to go to work after that. So kudos to me for that, I, I think, especially with my limited makeup skills. After that experience, I just wanted to be able to provide more makeup supplies to the shelter for women who needed makeup for, for work. However, I didn't have money or the resources to provide the extra makeup to the shelter. So I decided that I would raise the money for them. So I created the Faces of Beauty Extravaganza as a bachelor bachelorette auction to help raise money for victims of domestic violence. So to be clear, I was actually raising money to buy products to donate to the shelter. I want to get that straight because there was a lot of confusion and controversy on that part. So still, this auction was super duper dope and fun. It's on my YouTube now, so if you want to check it out, you can search Faces of Beauty event Longview, Texas, and it'll come up. And I'll also provide the link for you in the show notes if you want to watch it later. Consequently, I even created the Faces of Beauty Foundation to specifically give back to victims of domestic violence. Sounds pretty simple and altruistic, right? Wrong. 
the event, which was super successful um, by the naked eye, turned out to be, I mean, it, it was a super successful event if you showed up and you saw all of the people that were there. But behind scenes, it's a little bit different, and I'll explain that. But the event was super successful. It, it turned out to be a huge hit in my hometown, but then the haters turned it into something else. So please allow me to set the record straight. I was accused of getting money and not using it for the victims. And that's absolutely not true. When I came up with this idea, I had just started the foundation, but I hadn't gotten recognized at that point as a 501c3 organization, which has to be approved by the IRS and it has to you have to apply through the state. I did that after the event because I had to raise the money to apply. It was a few hundred dollars and I didn't have that. So I had to raise the money just to get to that status. And I'll tell you about that. So therefore, if I didn't have 501c3 recognition, then I needed to partner with someone who did in order for the event to be considered a true fundraiser. Well, I never really partnered with the shelter. All I did was state very clearly and carefully in my marketing that I was doing it to help victims of domestic violence and would donate to the shelter, which I did. So technically, the shelter had not given me um, approval to use their name or their likeness in this capacity or else I could be sued. So that's why I had to be very careful for that. And I did not do that. And that's okay for for me not to have that approval. However, they can't stop me from hosting an event and wanting to give to the shelter. So I never said that I was partnering with them. I said that I was raising the money so that I, I wanted to donate to give to them, which I can. And it's perfectly legal, which is what I was doing and which is what I did. So people who don't read or understand anything or know how business works or even know me for that matter and don't know what was going on went on to say that I was using the shelter and that I was lying saying that I had partnered with them I never said that then they said that I never gave to the shelter and that's another lie I gave the shelter makeup which is what I plan to do in the beginning the shelter can't say I didn't or anyone else I did exactly what I said that I was obligated to do and I fulfilled everything that I set out to do in my marketing and with my event. I wanted to give more than I did, but I didn't have more to give, give and I'll tell you why. But I experienced something by seeing that woman with that black face from being beaten up and I wanted to get involved. And I wasn't wrong for that. So people who tried to turn this into something that it wasn't really made me feel some type of way because it was never intended to be anything malicious or self-serving or um, selfish. I really did it to try to, to bring the community together to help others. And so... People turned it into something that it wasn't in it. And just because they were being hateful and ignorant. And that's that was never what I was trying to do. 
So that really kind of frustrated me. And that was my issue. Hey, y'all. Hey, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I have enjoyed creating it. To show my appreciation, I have a little gift for you. But you got to go over to my website to get it. But not yet. After the show. Listen to the rest of this episode. Then afterwards, head over to www.thepunchline.com. And that's www.thepunchline.com. And get your free gift just for listening today. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you more than you know. And I have so much more in store for my listeners. So keep listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Now, here's the reason why I couldn't give more. And here's what many people didn't know about this event. Yes, I successfully raised about $5,000 on my own. But 90% of that money went towards the event because I didn't have sponsors. I didn't have many. I went in the end, and there were a few people that donated and contributed here and there. Once I got down to the very end and money was really, really tight, um, I got people to donate. And I put their names, of course, on um, as a sponsor. Overall, I probably was able to hustle up about 10 people that donated about $200 here, $200 there. But think about this with event marketing for brands that typically do this and get it paid and get and have their events paid for like big sponsors like um, Walmart or Target or Home Depot or something like that. They typically can get a few thousand dollars for an event so that they can market for or so that that they can be sponsors and be featured on that event. Well, this was a very small event on a small scale and it was very low budget. However, I made it work off of ticket sales and off of just hustling and, you know, connecting with people in the um in the community who wanted to be a part of it. But this is what people who don't throw these type of events understand. The venue alone was $1,100. And I had to have a photographer, a professional photographer, a professional videographer, rentals, including stage lighting, tickets for the venue, hair and nails makeup, chairs, tables, I had food donated, but um, all those things, incidentally, can add up. So, by the way, I had a venue that could only hold about 400 people. And I had that place packed wall-to-wall with probably about 550 people. I was so proud of myself, though. I started this event with only $300 of my own money. And that was just the deposit to put down on the building. I raised the rest selling pre-sale tickets to my event with only a couple of sponsors. And there was just a few people that donated $100 here again, $200 here and there. And that was just in clutch. 
So, and I'm extremely t- grateful to those sponsors who donated and who wanted to be a part of it because I think they could see that it was turning into be people were curious. They wanted to know what it was and what it was about. So they wanted to jump on it and get involved. And then a lot of people knew me in the neighbor in in the community. So I raised the risk selling pre-sale tickets to the event with only a couple of sponsors. And some might wonder if I packed the event and all these people got involved, where did the money go? And that's a good question. Since I did not have sponsors, now I, I had sponsors, but they contributed, they didn't contribute as much as I would have needed for the scale of the business. Just so that you understand and be clear, this event, to put something on like this, it's going to take about $5,000, which means if I had sponsors like Walmart or Target or Sam's Club or something like that, I had the, and they contributed maybe three or $4,000, then I would have had $5,000 on the back end. But I didn't. That's not the case. So the day of the event, we probably walked away with about $1,200 with um, sales off of the door with the auction bids and the door. The, the door sales. So that money was used to pay the balances that were owed, people that were owed in the end, which were all of my vendors um, and the people who serviced me, buy the makeup for the shelter and file for the 501c3 status. So after all of that, I think there was maybe $300 remaining. I paid for the Faces of Beauty do- domain and website um, back then, and you can go check it up, check it out because I still am the executive director of that um, foundation. It is still going. The website is www.facesofbeautyfdn.org, and it's still a thing. So go check it out. But lastly, I bought a printer for the office because. I was having to print up important business documents at places that I really didn't need to do. And I needed my own printer for my office. So now, after all of this, how much did you think we took that I, I walked away with again? How much do you really think? So people can say a lot of things about me, but don't tell me what I can't do. And don't tell me what you think I did because you don't know what you're talking about. Every time I set out to do a thing, I did it with God's help and with lots of prayer, of course. But y'all going to learn to get your name, get my name out your mouth using it in a way that you have no idea what I do and what I'm capable of. I do, though, because I believe in myself. That's why I do many of the things that I've done because I believe in myself enough. I know what I can do. When I put my mind to something, baby, you better watch out. If I tell you I'm about to do something, you better get out of my way because I'm doing it. And that just give me the ball. I'm running with it. That's how it's going to go. That's how I, I, I get down. When I say I'm about to do something, I'm doing it. And you ought to be able to listen and tell how passionate I am about my work and the things that I do, but um, that's pretty much who I am. And this event actually was so big and popular that I did it again the following year because people had so much fun and I got so much um, great 
feedback from the crowds. Go back and look at the video. You'll see the very first one was a huge success and people had an amazing time. So the next year for Christmas, I went to the convention center in my hometown, Mod Cobb Convention Center. And this time I had over a thousand guests, but the price was double to get the convention center that could hold up to 10,000 people, but I only took half of the building, which I had to pay half of that. This time I had, um, and it was bigger than before, but the second time I didn't have to mention the shelter at all because now we had our own 501c3 foundation. So guess where all of the funding could go? My foundation. Ding, 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 ding. Who was lying or stealing from who again? People are so crazy and quick to accuse people of mishandling without doing their due diligence. So follow me again so I can run this back for you so you can understand how this went. In my marketing, I said that a portion would go to victims of domestic violence. Well, Faces of Beauty Foundation helps victims of domestic violence. All funding went to the foundation. However, most of the funding went again to pay for the event. While the expenses were doubled, now we got a five thousand building. We have a five thousand dollar building, which it really didn't cost the five thousand dollars. It cost twenty five hundred dollars, and that went to the expenses for the foundation. Now I did get some discounts because by this time I had I had to wait to get approved for my five hundred one c three. So I didn't have to pay as much, but I still had to pay over a thousand dollars. Nobody tried to fact check. And they just wanted to punch check. That's all they wanted to do. However, most of the funding went again to pay for the event while the expenses were doubled. I think in the end, the foundation cleared about $2,000 and that went to expenses for the foundation because now we got overhead and nobody tried to, to really just... I had people asking me, but on the cool, I believe they were accusing me as well. Probably were in circles with other people agreeing with them, not really knowing and understanding the real. But all they had to do, when you when I break this down, I hope you get a bigger picture of this because to put an event of this size together, it's going to cost. And this time, I had two photographers. I had two videographers I had more lighting it, and it was just a little bit more professional and then we had more that we had to do so I upped the ante now ticket sales were still about the same we got a few more um people who were willing to be sponsors but yeah now I'm dealing with double the cost but why people would get on board this time is because now I have leverage of a bit of a successful event. So people can see that I successfully put on a, a successful event, brought in over a thousand people. So if you have um, a product or a service that you want to get in front of these people, this is the time. Oh, I did have vendors come in, which Vendors really weren't necessary, but when you're doing event marketing, a vendors vendors can bring in money for you so that you can help to pay for your event. So those of you who've never put on an event before, this is what you do when you're trying to raise money and get 
uh, money to pay for your event. And that's why event marketing can be good. But here's the good thing about event marketing when you have a business. When you have a business and your business can sponsor the event and you're raising money in the process, all of your signage needs to be everywhere. Your marketing needs to be through the roof. Everything, every time someone hears about this event, it needs to have your namesake or your marketing somewhere on your, like Punch Cosmetics needed to be all over that event. And it really wasn't because I didn't have everything set up the way I needed to at that time. So if I do it all again, you will definitely see the difference. But what I did was, and how I leveraged my own popularity and my brand, because I knew everybody in Longview and everybody knew me. I knew everybody black at least. And going to the high school, I knew a handful of the white people too, because I went to school with them and Longview isn't that big. So I used my popularity to bring awareness to a situation that needed attention. Domestic violence is a big deal. The shelters are filled time and time again with women who are beaten by their husbands or boyfriends. I witnessed it firsthand, and I've even experienced it. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'll say, say that none of this was a publicity stunt. I saw a woman beaten to a pulp, and looking at her made me want to cry. And even brought back bad memories for myself. I even recognized a woman who had lost her daughter and granddaughter at the hands of domestic violence at my event. So no one could say that I was just trying to take people's money. That was never my intention. And this is a real cause that I am 100% behind. And I'm proud of what I accomplished as a result of trying to help others. And I will be doing this again in the future. I don't know to what extent or what scale on what scale but I promise you I will be doing it again so my advice to any entrepreneur who would um who is trying to build their brand I would suggest that you find other causes that you're passionate about and get behind them and see who you can partner with what organizations that you can connect and partner with uh, for that particular cause. You never know how partnering with them can assist you with your brand. It can also bring hu the human side to your brand by helping you to see how what you do connects you to the real world. People may see makeup as an unimportant and inconsequential thing, but my makeup helped a beaten woman who was broken and beaten to a pulp go to work with dignity and respect. My makeup helped her to hold her head up high and feel like somebody again. And for that, I know that I don't just sell makeup. I sell confidence in a bottle. I sell self-esteem, dignity, and self-respect. Now check that. So eventually, as I was building the brand, I created the punchline. And then I got on YouTube and formed Punch TV, which eventually these episodes will appear on my YouTube channel as well. And so you'll eventually be able to catch all of my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. But that's going to come after once my interviews start. But and lastly, um, after much inspiration from my brothers, 
and some of my guy friends, I started Punch for Men, which is a skincare and beard grooming line for men. I know it's a whole lot of punching going on, but hopefully you'll see. It's going to make a whole lot of sense later on. But like I told you earlier, my name is dissing for something. So just wait on it. In the process of it all, I found the thing that I love, though. I love building and creating. I love trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work in my business. I absolutely love meeting new people and business owners like myself who can teach me new things and show me new avenues. And whoo child, I have met some bosses. And it, and I consider it all joy. And I'm I'm so grateful for some of the people with whom I've been able to connect with um, as a result of building this brand. I have really found my tribe. And I'm and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So fast forward to today. Now I still work for the same agency, but no longer in my hometown. I live in Houston, Texas, because I followed husband number two. His family lives here and he wanted to be here and we moved here. I were and since I don't have family and I my mother and my father are gone, my grandmother, I left Longview as well there was nothing there for me anymore so i moved on and i actually love it here i work for the government by day and i run my businesses when i get off by night i love houston i wish i had moved here years ago my best friends and oldest daughter all graduated from the university of houston and i used to come i've been coming here probably for over 25 years now and i never considered moving here before it's just funny to me how things work out had it not been for those uncomfortable situations, then I prob probably would not have launched any of my businesses or moved to Houston. Looking back now, I am extremely grateful for those situations because had I not been in those difficult scenarios, I probably would never have started any of the things that I have now. And even with this podcast, I was hesitant at first because it just seemed like a lot of work. And as you can already tell, I have my hands full. However, it's turning out to be probably the best fit of all my ventures. Because I love to talk, to talk, you can tell. <laughs> Here, I plan to cover it all. I don't just have stories to tell. I have adventures to share. Every part of this journey has been an adventure. And some of these adventures have been scary as heck. But thank God I made it. And I want to share these experiences with you because I want to help someone else not make some of the same mistakes that I've made. So I'm going to wrap it up on that note because I need to save some for later and I have so much more to talk about. And I'm going to revisit this talk about um, event marketing because I think it's very important for helping to build your business. I'm going to give some tips on that, on things that I think that people should do with event marketing and how you can have a successful event and um, get media attention. And that's going to help you tremendously. So I wanted you guys to get to know me a little bit first. If you're going to be tuning in and listening to me each week, we need to know, we need to get to know each other. So, and promise me, I promise you, you will get to know me a little bit, a lot better before this is all over with. So I want you to understand why I do this and why this podcast might be a good point of reference for you. So here's what I need you to do now. 
though. If you liked any parts of this, please give me a review. Reviews help my podcast to get ranked. This week's episode is mainly focused on the basic house cleaning matters um, and me so that you can get to know me. And I just wanted to address these other issues and get it out of the way. But here's how you can access this episode and others via my RSS feed. So I'm going to leave all of this information in the links in the show notes so that you can access it, including my website. And that's www.thepunchline.com. And you can check out um, my products on my business website at www.punchcosmetics.com. And if you want to see my videos, you can go to my YouTube channel at Punch TV, P-O-N-C-H-T-V. And if you want to check out the Faces of Beauty event that I talk about that I hosted in Longview, there were, both events are on YouTube. I'll put both of those links on uh, in the show notes and you guys can go check it out if you want. But you can always find me on the gram at Punchetta Sasha Wu on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can catch me on all those sites. And then for the podcast, um, follow PL Pod. That's P L P O D. And then my businesses, follow Punch Cosmetics, Punch for Men, and Punch TV. So thanks for listening to the Punchline Podcast. And if you want to hear more from me, then head on over to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Bye, guys. for listening to the punchline podcast if you want to hear more from me then head on over to iHeartRadio, spotify or google podcast if you want to find me online then you should check out my website at www.thepunchline.com and many of these episodes will be there you can also find more about this podcast on social media at plpod or just follow me punch out sasha Wu, on everything And if you're interested in starting a business and don't know where to start, then join my private Facebook group, Goal Friends Network. We can help you. Finally, help me out and subscribe, rate, and review. I love you all and I appreciate you so much. Until next time, talk to you later.